Listening to Country Life with Morgan O'Flaherty on Western Mic 102 FM. How are you doing, folks? You're very welcome to today's episode of Country Life. Myself, Morgan O'Flaherty. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. Um, I suppose today we have a very, very special person. Um, I suppose, really and truthfully, he has been an inspiration to me um, for coming on here. I've been following this fella and I've been following him on Facebook and whatever for Instagram, or not Instagram, I must get on Instagram, I must get up with the times, but I've been following him on Facebook and I've been watching his videos on YouTube and like I said there in the interview you'll hear it, um, I've been watching his videos or his whatever on the television as of late because of thanks to my, my three or four year old daughter. But we have the opportunity today to interview, I suppose it's not an interview really, it wasn't an interview, it was a chat, Machinery Pete. Now for those of you that haven't or don't know who Machinery Pete is, Machinery Pete started out about 30 years ago in in America and combining um, auction results. That's where it started out for him. And just combining auction results and getting them all together and he built... I suppose at that time there was no website, but then they built a website and he built a business around it. And now, at the moment, he has hundreds of thousands of pieces of machinery on his website. So, machinerypeat.com, brilliant. I was on it there where to go. It's fantastic. There's anything, anything you want, anything you want is on it. It's just phenomenal the amount of stuff that's available. And I didn't ask him, but I presume it wouldn't be a very far fetch um, if you did go on to his his website and you found something that you'd like. I'm fairly certain that he probably would, or his the team behind him, or somebody would facilitate um, the, the the putting it into a container or shipping it to Ireland. My God, the amount of stuff that's there! You name it. There's old John Deere's. There's plows. There's harrows. There's Big tractors, there's big buds, there's versatiles, there's John Deere's, there's Massey's, there's everything. I, 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 I must go back into it and I'm going to give hours going through it later on this evening. But I, I, I suppose what I done was I, I just reached out, I, I sent out a few messages and I, I, I sent on a couple of more things and next time Pete came back to me, I, can, I couldn't praise him enough. What a genuine nice guy. Um, and you'll hear it yourself in in the interview. Um, he's just a genuine guy, I suppose, a bit like ourselves. Absolutely passionate about machinery. Absolutely passionate about what he's doing. And you know, I can only take my hat off to him and what he has done and what he has built up over the last couple of years. Um, he has a, a, a massive following, so. We're going to get a campaign going here now that we want Machinery Pete on TV on our channels. Because you know it and I know it, we have no machinery programs. So I know we can get it on the internet and you can cast it to the TV. That's a bit far-fetched for some of us. But it's brilliant. He has some fantastic programs out there. And look, that's enough of that. I'm sure you don't want to be listening to me. You want to be hearing about Machinery Pete. I spoke to him earlier on the week and this is what he had to say. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And for those of you that don't know about tractors, it wasn't we weren't doing sums, we weren't doing math, mathematics. We were talking about tractors and machinery and everything. Um, listen to this. I really enjoyed it and um, I'll talk to you after this. Morgan, how about you? Brilliant. Come here. Thanks again for coming on with us. Oh, we really appreciate this. You're bringing us all the way from um, Central America. Where in America are you based, Peter? I'm in Minnesota, Rochester, Minnesota, Morgan. Brilliant. I suppose, Pete, I, I didn't realize this myself until very, very recently. Um, you, you have, I suppose, what will I put it this way to you? 
you have a, a major business made out of out of what you do. You you do auctions, you do machinery, you do all this. Do you want to tell our listeners was uh, basically what you what you're about and what you do? Yeah, you bet, Morgan. Our business, uh, Machinery Pete, um, I started a little over 31 years ago. And uh, when I started, the business was compiling auction sale prices on all types of farm and construction equipment mm-hmm. throughout the U.S. and Canada. And of course, that was I started in 1989. That was way before the Internet. Um, so I didn't, nobody was saying big data back at the time, but that's sort of what I was compiling. So if you wanted to know what your John Deere 4020 is worth, we were kind of the place to get the answers. We work with about 1,100 auction companies throughout U.S. and Canada. And then the business grew over the years. Um, our website, machinerypeat.com now is the number two marketplace in North America. So farm equipment dealers list their, all their inventory with us. We've got, I don't know, it's 110,000 pieces for sale. And then we work with all these auction companies to promote their upcoming sales. And again, we've got the auction prices at that end of it. And then there's, we've kind of delved into some media aspects as the company grew. So we have a weekly TV show over here in North America, Machine Repeat. That's on uh, cable TV and we travel the country uh, watching auctions and uh, telling stories about farmers and their tractors. Yeah, do you know, I suppose when you say they know about stories and farmers and their tractors, you'd have to forgive me on the numbers, but I remember there going back a couple of years ago, you had done, a, um, I suppose, a piece on, on a John Deere. It was a big, or what we'd call it here, is a, a, a four-wheel drive John Deere, a big enough John Deere. might have been a 49.55 or something like that. But the person had bought it, and it had been left outside in the yard. And if you remember yeah, the one, and it, right. it, it just the trees just grew around it. It made a colossal yeah. money at auction. Yeah, it was our. That's our number one most watched YouTube video, Morgan. Was oh, it brilliant? <laughs> I'm not on my own, so if, if, you, if your listeners you just go onto YouTube and type "machinery Pete John Deere 4960," right? And you'll yeah. see the story about it was in Ohio. And a gentleman that owned a bunch of auto parts stores uh, bought it new, I think in 92 or 3, something like that. And for whatever reason, you know, I don't know why the guy, whatever, he was a little, a little, uh, whatever, but his sheds were full and he just parked the 4960 next to the shed. Yeah. And then it sat in the, you know, Ohio in the U.S. here, it gets pretty warm in the summer and the trees grew up and, uh, but it had, uh, 14 hours on it. Yeah. And when he passed away, his family just wanted to get rid of it. But the local folks, there was like a legend. They heard about this tra- this John Deere tractor that had hardly been used. And the guy, the guy and his son bought it. And the son wanted to keep it. They got it running. And it was still plastic on the seat 20 some, 25, 6 years later. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It still smelled. I, they let me up into the cab. It smelled like new. Um, and you're right. They wound up selling it, and uh, I think they advertised it for two hundred thousand U.S. dollars. Yeah. Wound up selling it for I think north of one thirty. Um, yeah, and it was. I mean, just incredible, weird story. Yeah, it, it was just. And you know, like as as we're talking to you here now, Peter, looking out the window, and, and the rain is just, the the rain here is running down the window, but like. Over there, I like presume for the John Deere to survive in the condition that it did survive in, it, it wherever it was, it, it, it I presume it was a fairly good climate where it was. Yeah, well, again, it was. I'm trying to remember the time. It was in kind of south central Ohio, mm-hmm. which again in the summer it gets warm. But what people found most interesting about the, the story on it, Morgan was that it sort of spoke to the quality of engineering back in the day. This was, again, up yes. into the early 90s. John Deere made the 60 Series 92 to 94, and sort of their number one priority, which I think would, it resonates with farmers, um, it's sort of like our washing machines and our refrigerators back in the day. You yeah. know, like my mom's washing machine is 45 years old. And yeah, built to last. Hey, Mom, why don't you get a new washing machine? And she goes, whoa. Why would I do that? This one works. Yeah, the older yeah. tractors, they're just, they were just built to take anything. Yeah, they were. Leave it outside for 20 years and they yeah. still run and function yeah. like new. Yeah, because there's, there's a buddy of mine and um, 
This, the, we call it, the, I suppose, the baby sister of the, the 4960, a 4240. And mm. here, not too far from me, and the tractor is absolutely perfect compared to the some yeah. of his newer John Deere's. Um, the 4240 has lasted. It would probably be the same year as that, maybe even a bit older than that one. I think the 4240 is 1982, but it lasted a massive yeah. battle compared to... Yeah, and, you know, we saw, actually, we did one of our TV show episodes this fall. It was an auction in central Saskatchewan. And a, a former John Deere part owner of a dealership up there bought two tractors brand new and put them in his shed as an investment. Yeah. And one was a 92 model 4760. And he had 3.6 hours on it. Now, going into the sale, the highest auction price I'd ever seen on a 4760 Morgan was 85.5. It was a doctor in Indiana that had one three years ago, 480 hours on it. So 85.5 was the top. But this thing, end of October, uh, it was a Ritchie Brothers auction. It sold for 197,028 bucks US, <laughs> 260,000 Canadian. But oh it God. was. People say there's no such thing as a time machine. Well, that was a green time machine. I will, and we'll that say, shows you how much people wanted. They paid almost 200,000 US for it. I would say, Pete, that tractor knew. What What would the the retail price have been of that tractor? Knew? Oh. Good question, Morgan. Back almost 30 years ago in 92, uh, I remember we I wrote a blog on it, and we had it on Facebook and Twitter, and so many people were commenting on the cost of new. I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was if it was uh, somewhere in the 80, 80-ish, give or take, yeah, I want to say. Um, and again, it sold for, you know, going on triple that. Um, all these years later, of course, people try to figure inflation and whatnot, but, um, you know, at its core, that, that guy that owned it had the right thought in his head and his gut that if I buy this thing new and keep the hours off at 5, 10, 15, 20 years, 30 years later, this thing's going to be super valuable, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and I suppose there's probably people listening and even over with you, it's it's possibly a safer bet than the banks at some stage. Well, you know, it was interesting. I actually did a study on it. I I, I remember, you know, looking. What I did is I, I looked at the at the yearly three year CD rate, a certificate of deposit. So it literally, if you just took your eighty thousand bucks and put it in the bank, yeah, and got your you know whatever interest. Now what skewed it was back. In the early 90s, you could have got here in the U.S., you know, 6% on your money on a certificate deposit. Well, now you get like 0.1 or something. <laughs> yeah. <or> nothing. <laughs> so now it's absolutely. In fact, there's a guy here in the central U.S. in Illinois that kind of has a test case going because when John Deere came out with their monster new 9620RX tractor a few years ago, uh, the big on tracks model. Yeah. He bought the first two of them off the line, and he brought them home to Illinois, and he, he bought two because he's going to take number one and just shed it. Yes. Now, it cost him 600000 a piece. So this is a $1.2 million experiment, and if he keeps that in the shed for 20 years, he's hoping the same thing happens. Yeah. On that 9760, but now what people... You know, with all the electronics in the tractors, you know, whoever makes a deer case, New Holland, Massey, yeah. will will the electronics rot and be useless, you know, have issues versus the older, like a 4760. Yes. Like I say, the older tractors were kind of bulletproof, so we'll see what happens with that experiment. It'll be, uh, it'll be an interesting, I presume it'll probably, a lot of it will come down to storage and... Yeah, he's got, like a lot of folks in the central U.S., massive machinery sheds. and A lot of farmers, older farmers, when I ask them, you know, how they think that'll work out, they, you know, they'll tend to say, oh, I think that's nuts. Personally, myself, from tracking this for 31 years, I think what happens is when you're like 10 or 12 years old, the tractor that's on your farm 
your favorite tractor will yeah. always be your favorite tractor. Yeah. So when you get to be, like, I'm 55, if you get to be 55 and hopefully things go well for you, the pull of owning that favorite tractor when you were a kid is pretty strong and uh, I think kind of universal. Yeah, and if you can go out and buy a more, a more or less 20-year-old brand-new tractor, and if you can afford it, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So over here in the U.S., when we see auctions, you know, might be retirement or estate sale, you know, I can think of tons of examples. Uh, eight years ago here in Minnesota, there was a 90-year-old farmer who had an international 1566 with 400 hours on it. Mm-hmm. And you can go watch the YouTube video of it selling. I filmed it. Sold for 45000 bucks. Way, way, way over, you know, multiples of what it costs new. Yeah. But when I was at the auction talking to people, and they came from all over the U.S. and Canada to be there, they just wanted to be around it. Yeah. Because it made them feel like they were 10 or 12 again. Yeah. And it was Brilliant. fascinating to watch. There wasn't... They weren't even coming to buy it. They were just coming to. I I was there. Right. I saw it and. I I was there. I touched it. Yeah. Um. There was a famous. The reason I started our Facebook page back in two thousand nine, was because of an auction in Illinois I covered Morgan that it was a, it was a kind of a famous deal. The guy was in his eighties, and when back in the nineteen eighties here in the U.S. they found oil on his land. Okay, he, he negotiated the mineral rights with a company in Texas, and he, as part of the lease deal for the mineral rights, he said, okay, you have to buy me a brand new line of John Deere equipment, and I want three John Deere 4440s, I want a, I want a 7720 combine, so the oil company was like, yeah, whatever, they just bought them. And yeah, it's chicken this, feed. Like. This old boy in Illinois, he got them and he just put them in his shed, so 30 years later when he passed away... The 14440 had 47 hours on it. Brilliant. And it's the largest auction crowd I've ever seen. It was March 6th of 09. Yeah. And it yeah. sold for 58000 bucks. And if that same tractor sold today, I think it would go over 100 It was just unbelievable. I would say, Pete, the people that are buying these these fierce low-hour tractors, I presume they're, they're not buying them to work. They're buying them to probably put them into another storage, into, uh, well, into another shed. That's the that's the really interesting part, Morgan. Is actually sixty percent of the time people buy them to use them. Okay, yeah. It's a, it's kind of mind blowing. I wrote a story one time. There was a young guy in New York. He's probably like forty eight or nine now. But when he was a kid, he heard all these stories about everyone wanting these low hour John Deere tractors. So in the early nineties, he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in this theory. So yeah. he, this was before the internet, but he, he found in Michigan a, a John Deere 4455 with three hours on it that a doctor three owned. Three hours. And the doctor had little, three hours, right? <laughs> and the doc, he was a doctor, he had little kids, he just didn't have time to use it. So anyway, my friend from New York went out and bought it for $58,000. Yeah. And he, he transported it home to New York, he put it in his shed. And that was 94, and it sat until 2012. So it sat for 18 years. And then he put it on the internet. Now it's got 33 hours on it. He asked 155000 for it, and he sold it two days. My God, and yeah. the buyer was from Mexico. Yeah. He assumed it was a collector. But when my friend called him up, the guy in Mexico, and he said, hey, you know, how do you want me to get this ready to ship? He thought, you know, you'd want to take all kinds of precautions. And the guy in Mexico said, oh, don't worry. He said, in two months, you won't recognize it. He owned a huge farm, and he just wanted a very simple, reliable tractor that yeah. he could give to his crew to, to beat on. And that actually made people hear sad because yeah. they're like, oh, that was a, a once-in-a-lifetime tractor that a guy is going to buy and just put back in the field. But what I've noticed over the years, again, a lot of times when people buy that stuff, they might say, well, that was my dad's favorite bailing tractor. And here's your one-in-a-lifetime chance to buy a like new one that's 20, 30 years old. Yeah. People buy it, and they they smile, and they put it back in the field. It's amazing. Yeah, but you, you, you'll have a lot of people that will have 
have whether it be a classic car or, or a tractor or whatever and they fully believe and i i'd be i'd be kind of in their belief as well that these machines were made to work and right, right, they, they exactly. were made to work and that was it but like you said about that fellow from mexico what's happening in this side of the the pond um more especially in the uk some of the very very big big tillage farmers they're buying up older tractors like FW30s and FW60s and even a bit smaller we have the, the next range down is we said the TW Ford the 35s and stuff and sure. they're completely stripping them and completely rebuilding them because they have a tractor without electronics okay and right. that's that's what's happening here tell me Pete I suppose yeah. to, to I suppose venture away from that like to me I, I'm a tractor guy and I, I always have been without a shadow of a doubt tractors 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 but like you have some absolutely fantastic tractors in america um whether it be versatiles or whether it be we spoke there where to go off the air about wagners or even of course the big buds you know you have some there's some serious serious bits of kit over not probably not too far from you yeah, in fact, uh, in our website, machinerypeat.com today, I just looked and we've got uh, a big bud, it's a 1980 model, 525 slash 50, 4,000 hours on it. Uh, there's a great picture of it out in the field pulling some tillage. Brilliant. And uh, the seller's asking 149000 for it. Yeah. Uh, right down the road here in Minnesota. So these big buds, and the, the, like you say, the, the versatiles, the, the Ford, the four-wheel drives, the... Steigers, uh, we saw at auction not too long ago, uh, early 80s Alice Chalmers, uh, model that I don't see much, a Ford W220, mm-hmm. sold for 47300 bucks in North Dakota. So yeah, a lot of love for the big the big horses, and uh, it seems like there's more collector interest definitely in those yeah. late 60s to early 80s models. Yeah, and you know what, I suppose people are going from them but are, like you like are, are they buying them to work them or are they buying them to a, a bit of both or is it buying them to put them into um, storage uh kind of both again one thing we hear a lot here morgan and again let's let's say it's a you know an older ford or an alice or a steiger that's got maybe fifteen thousand hours on it yeah and it's you know it's three four hundred horse or whatever so it'll sell at auction, and some people will stand there and go, man, that sold for quite a bit. But the other people then will say, wow, that's the cheapest that's the cheapest horsepower you'll ever buy right there. Yeah. Because if you if you want a newer one, I mean, here in the U.S., the cost of new has gone up like 4 to 6% a year. It's just, a, just crazy. Yeah. But, you know, what these new ones cost, so that makes, in these older ones, like your example, you can just rebuild them. Just yeah, to, you know, put some money in, and there you go. You're back at it. Yeah, and you don't have to be a, a computer engineer to to rebuild them. Right. No. Right. We, we say what, like, what guys over here say is, uh, yeah, you don't have to hook a computer up to it to fix it. So that yeah, makes yeah, it worth yeah, more yeah. Money. Actually, a quick story, I suppose, for our listeners and probably for yourself as well. There was um, a person not too far away from me. Um, he had a John Deere um, forage harvester, and something happened there was something wrong with it it was it was a demonstration model um they couldn't get it right he rang the local dealer the local dealer came out to make a long story short the local dealer had to ring dublin dublin ended up ringing some part of the states over america where you are and um they they rang the man that was driving the 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 forage harvester and asked him what was wrong with it and they were able to fix it from from the states through mm, through the computer, computers through whatever it's just it's just mind-blowing technology that's out there now what's happening here in the u.s now morgan uh with deer they call it uh expert alerts so now when you have your new john deere tractor combine forage harvester spray or whatever you'll be out doing your thing and you'll you'll get a text or a phone call Mm-hmm. from your dealer and they'll say hey morgan just fyi here it looks like in about 100 hours you're gonna you're gonna have an issue with you know something on your tractor 
So they're trying to use the computer and the cell phone and the texting to catch it beforehand to avoid the downtime and the, and the, you know, very expensive fix with all this computer stuff. So there's some cool stuff happening, but at, at the one hand too, again, I think what we see here is that when these nicer, simpler tractors show up for sale, particularly with low hours on a farm sale, first or second owner, the buyer demand for them is just kind of breathtaking. And, and it's just, it is, yeah, it is, that, like you said, they come from far and wide even just to be there. Yep. But, yep. Um, it's, uh, we even see it now in the, uh, like the 2009 and 10 models that were before the Tier 4 uh, and uh, DEF engines. So now here in the U.S. and Canada, you'll see on a sale bill, it will say pre-DEF, pre-Tier 4. Yeah. And we've noticed the auction pricing going up on this 10 to 15-year-old stuff, again, because it's just a little bit simpler and it, it doesn't cost as much. It doesn't cost as much and not probably more reliable engine. And uh, as- Yep, that's uh, at least the sentiment and it's driving the people, you know, and one thing about compiling auction prices, you can stand and look at any piece of equipment and go, oh, I think it's worth 10000 I think it's worth 8000 and opinions are interesting, but they don't really matter. Yeah. When the gavel falls, boom, it brought twelve five. Ooh, well, I guess it's worth twelve five. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. just what I've been doing for thirty one years. Yeah. Stuff. Like you said about opinions, we all know what Clint Eastwood said about opinions. So <laughs> we we won't say that on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good you're quoting Clint Eastwood that's awesome work yeah. <laughs> tell me I suppose Pete in, in your we, we call it in your expert opinion which you are um, we, 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 I was discussing it here um, only a couple of weeks ago with um, another chap and we were discussing about what did he think would be the the next tractor um, that was going to become a collector's tractor, if you know what I mean. Do you know, was it not yeah. all tractors end up being a sought-after model or whatever, but we'll say, in your opinion, what do you think stateside would is definitely going to become possibly the next tractor little people will be sought-after to put into their collections? Well, I, I would go back to one of the models you mentioned, the 4240. Yeah. That 40-series deer... Uh, up from the, you know, like a 4040, 4240, 4440. Yeah. To give you an example, on a 4440, so I've been collecting auction prices 31 and a half years now. I think I've seen over 1,500 John Deere 4440 sold at auction. Brilliant. And the highest one I'd ever seen was that one I mentioned before. Yeah. With 47 hours on it. Uh, that was March of 09. So that was like what, 12 years ago, and that brought 58,000. Well, last October, just south of me in eastern Iowa, there was a one-owner 4440, 82 model, 2,500 and like 50 hours on it. And it brought 67. And it went $9,000 over the previous record. Now, commodity prices have gone up here. That was right when it was happening. People were a little more bullish, but the collector tractor, it's all about the age. So yeah. it's starting to shift up. It had been the late 60s to the mid-70s for like the last 8 to 10 years, and now I think it's drifting up into the low, you know, early to mid-80s. But again, these tractors are still being used. They're still working assets. But when a super nice one original shows up, uh, or here's another example. The biggest farm show in the U.S. every year is in Louisville, Kentucky mm-hmm. in February. You can't have it this year because of COVID. But, yeah. uh, last year, John Deere came out with a new narrow transport planner, a model 1745. And part of their marketing push was that you can you can pull this with your older tractor. Right. So they brought in a, a 4430. I think it was a 77 model. And the guy from Indiana that owned it, he, he restored it. I mean, it looked like new. He put a chrome stack on it. And this farm show, I mean, it takes three days to walk it. It's not quite as big as Agritechnic over there, but it's big. Yeah. The star of the show last year was that 4430 that looked like brand new. People were stopping, taking pictures. I talked to a guy for a podcast. He proposed to his girlfriend next to it. 
Oh my God! Yeah. It was just the it was the the bell of the ball. Yeah. And yeah. again, that's that late seventies, early eighties because it it makes it makes you feel like you're ten years old again, and it makes you feel good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Like because, and John, when you said about that that show, the Kentucky, the only thing I've ever heard from Kentucky was either Kentucky Fried Chicken or the Kentucky <laughs> Derby. <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm very sorry, Bill, for my. Yeah. Bourbon and chicken is an excellent combination. I would I would recommend it in, in moderation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there, there's a there's a group here in Ireland and they're called Grassmen, and everybody knows them. They actually went over. Yeah. And they gave um, a couple of weeks touring around with Frederick Harvesting their last. This was a mm, last, sure, last, sure. last season, but um. They have, I think it's a 14, is it a 48.55? And it's in our, our biggest show here every year is in September. It's the National Plowing Championships. And um, okay. it's just acres and acres and acres. A bit like your story at Kentucky. Um, there's, I think there's some, there was someone said that if you give uh, one minute at every stall, it would take you two days to go through it. No, does does it? Lots to see. Yeah, there's everything from how to make bread to the tractor. But what I'm saying to this crowd, um, Grassman, they have the forty. I think it's a forty-eight fifty-five, and that was the biggest a, attraction. Yeah. Biggest attraction of the show. Yeah, yeah, John Deere. I wonder if it was a forty-nine fifty-five. Um, that would have been like nineteen eighty-nine to ninety-one. Yeah, really, a, a well-loved tractor. Yeah. Um, I met a guy from, uh, he grew up in Texas last year and his dad passed away and he had a 4955, one of those crazy ones again with like 600 hours on it. Yeah. We did a podcast on it and uh, again, the interest was just, it was worldwide. It was, it was amazing. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Like, but um, I suppose long may it last and long may the prices continue to rise and best to look to anyone that has invested in them. And I suppose, yeah, Pete, yeah. the other questions I have for you is if you can stay with us a few more minutes. Can you stay with us or yeah, do you need sure. to? Okay. Yeah, um, you bet. We said we all know about, uh, we all know about the John Deere and the case and all this kind of stuff and so on and so forth. But like, um, what about the, we call it the lesser known, the lesser known makes in America, we suppose, um, like we have a, a make here now, I think it's been, I think they're after teaming up with Versatile, um, they're Kabotos, would you be mm-hmm. are they going to become a big seller or are they going to be just out in the wings as they were all along oh no Kubota they're big time yeah I mean if, I think if you crawled in the headquarters of John Deere and you know and gave them some truth serum or whatever I mean they, they have been quite aware of Kubota's growth as a worldwide tractor player and farm equipment player for quite some time so yeah. here in the US it's the one tractor brand that is growing their their dealership headcount, yeah. which is really smart because I don't know about over there, but over here in, in North America, Morgan, the the dealers, the number of dealers are contracting at just a, a incredible clip. So Deere is actually following the Caterpillar model of having fewer larger dealers, which is very efficient and from a business standpoint, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, and they do invest heavily in their dealerships, their, their employees. There's a ton of great things. But at the farmer level, it sort of stinks because you, you used to have three or four dealerships that you could, you know, when you needed to trade your tractor or planner, you could kind of get the best price. Well, now there's one, and they've got 38 stores. Um, so Kubota, again, they're growing. They're doing smart things here. They built one of their issues here in the U.S. was uh, parts availability. Mm-hmm. So they invested, I think it was like 90 million bucks, and they built a brand new parts distribution center in the heart of the U.S., right in Kansas, Brilliant. to get their dealers parts quicker. And they've slowly started to now, because they were more of the small horse tractors, yeah. but now they're up with their M7, they're up M8s, they're larger size. They've also purchased Great Plains over here, which makes awesome tillage equipment and planting equipment. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Land Pride. So they're, they're smartly growing. I'm a big fan of Kubota and what they're doing worldwide. So yeah, they're but... growing. We're also over here watching uh, Agco, what they're doing with Fent. Yes. They're, they're really, 
course, over there, it's, you know, prominent. But uh, here, it's always been perceived as a very high-quality brand, but mm. just didn't have the distribution. Yes. But now Agco, as they grow their dealer network, and they're, they're more Fent dealers around the country um, selling higher-end tractors. So really have a keen eye on that to see how that plays out. Yeah, but of course, you have... Um you have an actual Agco branded tractor, don't you? Am yes. I, am I right yes. in saying that? Is that actually is it actually is it the same company or is it a different company? Yeah, yeah it's the same company, and in fact, that's sort of the biggest head scratcher over here. Is yeah. the the company is like a conglomeration, so they own Massey Ferguson, they own Challenger, they yeah. own Fent, uh, and they they carry and they still have these separate brands. That all fill their niches here. Yeah. But from a messaging standpoint, if I were them, I would try to, you know, make it exceedingly clear. Here's what we are doing. Yes. But it, it, it arcs back into the into the tumultuous 1980s here, where you know so many brands like Alice Chalmers and Oliver and White kind of went under, and then they, you know, who bought them, and they got conglomerated, and it just. Coming out of that was a little messy, but it, it's starting to get more clear slowly. Yeah, 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 without a shadow of a doubt. But, like, you know, I suppose when you mentioned Massey Ferguson there, we, we, the big thing here as well in, in Ireland and the UK is there's a good few Massey Fergusons, you know, the 48 80s and the 48 40s. They, they right. attract an awful, awful lot of uh, attention here if, they're, if you go to a show with them and all this kind of stuff. Right, right. We actually, uh, we did an episode of our TV show last fall. Of, uh, there was an old fella in Iowa, he's 87 years old, and he had a 4880 Alice. Um, and he was selling it on an online auction, so we went and did a story about him. But uh, I'm thinking that tractor sold for, yeah, 16500 bucks. It's a 79 model, $3,100 on it. It didn't look very pretty. Yeah. Had some work to be done on it, but still pushing 20k was uh, was was pretty good for a for a 41 year old 4880. Yeah, it, it, it was it was holding its own. It was holding its own, right? I think yeah. that was the highest I'd seen in a number of years. But of course, we don't see 4880s every day. I think in our website, uh, uh, and, and but it might be interesting, your listeners, you can hop into machinerypeat.com click on auction price data and it's all free so you can look at the last you know 21 years worth of auction prices and see over the years how they've gone up and down and um, it's fun on it's fun on a 4880 to go back and look through time and yeah, see, how, see how many hours they had and what they brought yeah it's just fun see how they've crept up along and i suppose pete if, if there is someone listening and they were considering importing um or bringing a tractor mm -hmm. in from the us or whatever of course, your website there—that'd be a fantastic starting point. Uh yeah. I mean, like I say, machinerypeat.com. Just come on in and look, folks. We've got—I think it's 115,000 pieces of equipment. Um, again, yeah. we've there's different parts of the website, but uh, if you're looking for, I mean, our idea is you you know what you want and need. Yeah. So we built in some search filters. Like I had a guy here in the U.S. message me two days ago, and he said he was looking for like a 4960 John Deere, that type of tractor. Yeah. You know, he wanted to hold down the cost. He wanted an older, more reliable. So we have search filters. So I walked him through. You just type in 1985 to 2000, uh, 200, 230 horse from, you know, uh, keep it under 40,000 bucks. And you click the button, poof, and it goes, it cuts through those 110,000 listings and it goes, okay, here's 17. Yeah. It's your match. This is what so you it want. saves your time of, of looking around for everything. It's like, no, no, we're all busy. I don't got time for that monking around. Just show me what I want. Yeah. And then we just keep updating it every day. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, of course, we all know we've been speaking there about big tractors and big horsepower tractors. But like, you have some desperately impressive high horsepower machines whether it be the that was the very big bud the 747 or the new the, the new the 94 series john deere's or is there a newer series again they're just 
it's colossal and can you can you see it getting bigger can you see the horsepower range growing again as the i suppose the farmers getting out and the bigger farmers getting bigger and so on well again i've been at it 31 and a half years morgan and every point along the way i've asked that question yeah older farmers here and it's always it's been the same. Everyone says no, we, they can't get any bigger, but then they always have. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that is on the horizon now with with automation is people are starting to think, okay, maybe maybe within ten years, maybe things won't get bigger, but maybe there'll be just tons of little autonomous little robots. Yes. following the tractors out in the field to apply the, you know, the nutrients. So you won't have a big, humongous sprayer, but it'll be just 30 little autonomous Google bots or something. That'll yeah. be John Deere or Massey or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It, I mean, I'm, I, I like the machines, um, our emotional connection to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they've continued to get bigger and bigger. I mean, if you look at like fence, uh, that new ideal combine now, their momentum planter. Oh, they're just massive. They're just incredible how big they are. Yeah. Um, so even though we, we tend to say, no, it can't get any bigger, it always has. So yeah. I'm excited to see what the future holds. Yeah, because um, my young fella there, he's, he's 11, and we were discussing, this is a couple of weeks back, we were discussing about that which was actually we were discussing the big bud, the seven four seven. So he yeah. said to me, he said, "How how big is it?" And so I said, "I don't know." So we 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 googled it, got on the internet, found the dimensions, yeah. got a measuring tape, went out in the front lawn, got kind of four sticks, and drove the four sticks down in the four corners. And next one, I said, to myself, "No, that's wrong. We have to go again." And I actually couldn't believe how actually big it was, and this this was the measurements of it without without the double wheels. This was the measurements with just single wheels, and it was just a colossal um, piece of equipment. Yeah, you know, I wrote a blog last week, Morgan. Uh, one of our followers on Facebook sent me a picture of an auction sale bill from 1912 in Kansas. Yeah. And of course, you know, 106 years ago, I was just interested to see, you know, okay, what was on this guy's auction? Yeah. And it was horses, of course. There were no tractors. He just said, he said six horses. And then the number one thing under the farm machinery section said farm wagon. And that was it. Yeah. So I, I wrote a blog and I, you know, I, I was imagining in my head if you could take that farmer whose auction that was 108 years ago and bring him and put him by that big bud you just talked about. Yeah. For that John Deere 9620RX massive yeah. tractor now. Yeah. Or, or uh, ideal combine. And then we had a conversation about, you know, what, I mean, no indoor plumbing then. Now, yeah. and trying to explain to him what a cell phone does. Yeah. I mean, the fact, you're in Ireland, I'm in Minnesota, and we're having a conversation now on a cell phone, and you'll post a podcast. What's a podcast? Yeah. Well, you put it out on the internet. What, what's the internet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's only 108 years ago. It's really not that long ago. Yeah, it's not like, no, definitely not. No. And like, with tractors, I can tell from your great podcast, Morgan, your passion for it, you know, the you. history and just the sheer size and the change and the progression. But here in the U.S., like I live in Minnesota in the central part of the U.S. here, and I mean, our farms can get ridiculously huge. I, I visited Ireland two years ago for the first time, and it was Brilliant. about the most fun 10 days I've ever had. Excellent. But we were driving through the countryside out of Killarney, and we saw some little Massey tractors going across the road, and uh, I mean, yeah, over here, it's a straight line. I mean, yeah. you just, you point that tractor one way or that planter, and you just go. Yeah. You don't yeah. stop. So I, I remember one time, <laughs> going back, I suppose, 95 or 96, it was kind of the first of kind of they they took people from here to Australia and they took people to America to work on these I suppose these contract harvesting companies and sure. um, I remember being inside in the meeting and these people came over from America they were kind of a recruitment agency 
and I remember one one individual he asked he asked a question. He said your man was telling him he said there was no ditches, there's no trees, there's no nothing, you just drive. And your man asked a question, he says, But is it how would I know when to turn? And your man answered him, he says, You, you better turn around, you better turn at dinner time so you're back for supper. <laughs> That, you know, we laugh, but, I mean, yeah. you come over here and take a look. I mean, I grew up western Minnesota, and home is, wherever you are, home is home, and it's yeah. a special place in your heart, and that, that will never change, but, uh, I mean, it's flat for the most part over here, so, uh, well, you know, visit different parts of the U.S., like Pennsylvania or uh, Virginia, or get over to Ireland there, up in Scotland, yeah. topography to see how people farm on the hillsides is just, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, and Pete, we said, go back to when you said you visited Ireland, what did you think of Ireland and, um, I suppose, our, our tractors and our weather, and, and was it a holiday you came for? Was it a working holiday or a holiday? Or? Uh, I actually went over with uh, some friends with Farm Journal. Uh, okay, brilliant. We worked with here. And uh, I've been a golfer since I was like five years old. I kind of have the bug. Um, so it was, a, it was a golf trip, and we we uh, went into Killarney, and then we bounced out to, oh, we played Tralee and Valley Bunyan and uh, just a number of just fantastic courses, But which was fantastic. But the, mo- the most fun was just the people. I mean, one of the things I've loved with our business 31 years here in the U.S., I grew up in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We're Scandinavian roots here, kind of stoic people. You know, that's just who we are. Yeah. But as I travel through, you know, I get down to the southern U.S., Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and they openness. They just embrace you. I've never met you, but they you know, yeah. take you right to their farm. And when I went to Ireland, it was it was the most fun ten days because of the people. I just I was I just wanted to stay. Brilliant. People were so friendly. So uh, hopefully I can come back soon. And what we'd really love to do, and I might need your help here, Morgan, if we could find a nice farm option. Yeah. Once we get past the pandemic, we would love to come film it for a TV show here. Of course, there's the Irish roots across farm country in the U.S. and Canada is just astronomical. So if we could show them a nice farm option in Ireland, yeah, that would would just be super fun. Well, I put it this so way. You, you let me know when you see a nice yeah. one coming. I put it this way to you, Pete. If we can't find one, we'll organize one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you organize a good auction, Morgan. I'll be there with our cameras. And uh, again, uh, you know, to, to tell, that's the thing. I mean, we can stand there at an auction and watch everything sell. And there's the business part of it. Like, oh my gosh, that massive tractor brought 25000 That was up. That was down. Yeah. But then there's the the people part of it, like talking to the seller. Well, how do you feel? Talking yeah. to the buyer. Hey, you've been looking. How do you feel about buying that? So it's the mix of the business plus the human emotion that yes. I've always, you know, really enjoyed with this crazy niche business I, I kind of fell yeah. into three decades ago. We uh, One thing we definitely need here in Ireland um, is your TV program. Um, we have... Absolutely nothing, not even, uh, as we would say here, a first cousin of it. There's no, very, very little machinery programs on. Um, uh, The Irish people and the English people here in Ireland and England, they love their soaps. Um, Oh, sure. Oh, my God. Well, we love soaps over here, too. Yeah, Uh, We were a little fortunate. uh, Back about 20 years ago, there was a guy in Nebraska started a cable channel uh, called RFD TV mm-hmm. and it's sort of like the ESPN but of farming over here Brilliant. but uh, you can actually watch our TV show right on our website there's, if you just go to machinerypeat.com then there's a little TV link um, so yeah you can watch the episodes and you know and I guess laugh at us here in the US for what we pay for yeah, no, we won't laugh at all actually I do watch I do watch some of your TV shows, and you know, I'll be honest with you, it was, by, it was by complete accident, because I was on your website, and I was just watching it on, on my phone, and I was okay. watching it on the phone, and that was grand, and actually I put the phone down, and my four-year-old, this is, this is, this is going, back, going back to technology again, and my four-year-old yeah. was able to pick up the phone, 
and it took me a while to figure out what she had done, but she was able to cast <laughs> machinery Pete from the phone yeah. onto the smart TV. Well, <laughs> Morgan, you've discovered our greatest resource, and that's our children. Yeah. Honestly, uh, we have two daughters, Megan and Josie. Back in 2009, I mean, I was, I'm a curmudgeon old Norwegian guy here, and I was kind of struggling. How do I do a YouTube channel? How do I do Facebook? How do I do Twitter? <laughs> yeah. And my daughter was 18 at the time. She said, Dad, just sit here, sit at the table, give me five minutes, and I'll show you how to edit a video. Yeah. She did, and we've got 1,700 YouTube videos out there now, so Brilliant. we need to listen to our kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 because... I have a small YouTube channel, nothing, nothing major at all. And I put up a couple of videos every couple of weeks about small tractors nice. or whatever I find. And um, yep. I, I was trying to, when I was going out, I was trying to video the, the make the, make the, the, we call it the short clip or make the movie in the way I wanted to put it up on, on YouTube. Yep. And, but then yep. my, my son who's 11, like, a bit like your daughter came to me. He said, no, Dad, he said, just download this app. I said, what? And he was able to download the app, and he was able to mix it up. And I'm looking at him like, what? <laughs> your 11-year-old son is your is your video producer. I yeah. would let him run with it. Yeah, or yeah. And trust him and his yeah. instincts. Again, yeah. I've, yeah. I, I've learned to just, as we get older, if we just, Admit what we don't know, it makes life a lot easier. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. But that's going to be the last straw, Pete, admitting it. Admitting you're wrong. Yeah, no, we don't ever do that. No, we're never wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you cross that threshold, you'll, just, you'll get there, Morgan. It just, trust me, life's a lot easier on the other side. Let our kids teach us as they can. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Life's beautiful every day, and every, there's so much to learn every day. You know, there is, YouTube yeah. Uh, that's one thing I've noticed here in the U.S. Again, people have their roots back, you know, to Germany or Ireland or England. Uh, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I need to share your YouTube videos with our audience to just to connect. In fact, yesterday on Twitter, I stumbled across, it was from Germany, and of course, polka music is big here in the central U.S. with older folks anyway. Yeah. And I'm an old tuba player from back in high school, but we found a video from Germany of three young gals playing polka music, but they were sitting on a Deutz antique tractor. Brilliant. And they started the tractor up, and then they played their polka music, so the, the hum of the engine was part of the beat. Fantastic. And I, I shared the video, and I said, this is the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. And Yeah. You know, so I need to find your videos and share them with our audience, because they would be fascinated to learn more about Irish yeah. farming. Easy enough to find just Morgan O'Flaherty on YouTube, and I have a couple of videos up, oh. so it, that'd be great. Oh, I'm on it. Yeah, I'm well, it. I have a, I have a plan, Pete. I'm after I'm after purchasing um, a Ford. If you ever came across them, to be about a hundred horsepower Ford, an eighty-two ten, okay. and eighty-two ten. Okay. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, we'll we'll see them. We'll see them out there. That. There's the right one waiting for you somewhere out there, Mark. Notice there, I, I have it. I'm expecting to take delivery of it very shortly. So, oh, you already have it. Well, wow, yeah. congratulations. I, thank you very much. I already have it, so we're going to go now, working on that. Now you'll have a new source of YouTube videos. Yeah. So, hopefully, hopefully, we'll get something going out of it. Pete, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you very much. And I suppose, look, for anyone that's listening, you, you have the web, web. Do you want to go through your website there again? It's machinerypeat.com. Yep, machinerypeat.com, or just if you're on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, just type machinerypeat. You'll you'll see us out there. And again, thanks, Morgan, for having me on. I, I, I do a lot of these uh, interviews and stuff, but this has been one of the most fun conversations <laughs> I've ever had in a long time. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> oh, so much fun. Yeah, brilliant, Pete. Thank you very much. Yeah, you bet. Hey, Morgan, uh, are you on Twitter? No, uh, not on Twitter. Never explored the, the, the realms of Twitter yet. Okay, I know. I was just say Twitter is wild and woolly, but the egg part of Twitter here in North America is really vibrant. Brilliant. So if you, particularly with your YouTube videos and your, and your podcast, you could get a ton of U.S. farmers listening to your podcast. All and right. on Twitter, 
if you just, you know, set up, you know, Morgan O'Flaherty or Country Life Morgan or whatever, and then when you download a new podcast episode or YouTube video, tag me on it, at Machine Repeat. Yeah. Then I'll see it, and I'll just share it to our Twitter followers here. Brilliant. You know, I've been banging away 11 years building that up. So, and again, I can't give them enough info, so yeah. show them videos and podcasts from Ireland, they'll go nuts for it. Yeah. So you just tag me, and we'll share it out. Perfect. We might, we might explore... Um, a Twitter. I'll ask. I'll ask my son about the Twitter account. <laughs> ask your son. Yes. Ask your son. And then, again, most of so there's a lot of Twitter that's a junk. Just ignore all the yelling and all that stuff out there. Yeah. But yeah. you have great content with your videos and podcasts. They're great stories, yeah. and people here we just need to know about them. And I'm serious. We should, once we get past the pandemic, you find me a good auction in Ireland, and we'll come over and film it. Just be a hoot. Like I said, if if I can't find one, we'll make one for you, please. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great, Marty. How are you doing, folks? You're very welcome back. Um, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It was absolutely fantastic. Pete, thank you so, so much. Um, fantastic interview. Um, I, hope it, I hope it was as nice for you as it was for me. It was brilliant. We really appreciate your time. Thank you and thank you again. Um... You can hear folks there in his voice. You could hear the passion for what he does. It's a love for machinery, a love for tractors, a love for what he's doing. And he's built a very, very successful business around it. So hopefully we might get him to come to Ireland. And you wouldn't know. We might get him to come to an auction or, or something along those lines. We'd be, we'd be planning. We'd be planning. That's what we'd be doing. And um, yeah. So Pete, thanks again. Thank you very, very much. Now folks... For myself, I suppose all this is available in a podcast. Um, go on there to into your podcast app, whether it be Anchor FM or Spotify or whatever you use, and just type in Morgan O'Flaherty Country Life, and you'll get it up straight away. And um, go on into YouTube, and we have a couple of videos in YouTube. We have um, very easy find, just Morgan O'Flaherty, simple. I have a picture of a, a Belarus or a Belarus tractor on the on the cover. I have a couple of videos up there. They're all short little videos, but we'll be working on putting up a few bigger videos and a few longer videos. We're going to try and get Instagram and Twitter working. Um, we might we might see something about that next week. And sure, look, we'll see. We'll be making it up as we go along. But give a look at the YouTube channel, Morgan O'Flaherty, and the, the podcasts, Morgan O'Flaherty Country Life. There's some... Absolutely fantastic podcasts up there from genuine machinery lovers, genuine car lovers. These people love what they're doing. And when you, I suppose, from where I'm sitting here, it's not an interview. It's definitely not. I, I, I don't feel like I'm interviewing any of these people. But I feel like it's a chat. We're just having a chat, like I had with Pete there earlier on a while ago. Um, brilliant. And just... There's a couple of them there. Like they go on there, and you hear the David Brown ones. There's the Nuffield one. There's the DeLorean motor car. There's the Ford car. The history of Ford in Ireland. The history of Morris Motors. Uh, the Shamrock car. Um, the, 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 there's there's a good few of them. There's a cr- the Craft Cruisers. There's there's oh, just get on there. Get on there and look at them. You start to the start. Press play. Go out into your garage, your shed or your workshop, press play and leave them play. Leave them play out and there might be one for you, there mightn't be anyone for you, but who knows. Maybe if there's one for that you like, like it, subscribe to it, get it, send it on to your friends, they might like it. They might have a Ford tractor or a Ford car or a DeLorean car or a Shamrock car or, or whatnot. Look, we have a good bit planned. Um... We're going to keep it going. We have a couple of more, as, as we would say, irons in the fire. So we're going to hopefully it'll all work out. Thanks again to Patrick. Patrick Sheehan. Patrick, you're a legend. We'd be completely lost without you, Patrick. Patrick is a man that puts all this together for me. He knits it together and takes out the... I won't say takes out the U's and the A's, but he, he, on the occasions he might take out something else. And uh, Patrick, your legend, we'd be lost without you. Patrick will be putting this up on our 
on our podcasts there about 12 o'clock today. So if you have anyone in the States, whatever, Kentucky, we mentioned a good few states, send it on to them. Get it on to them, send it on to them, click on the link, send it on through email, get it going or whatever. They could be in the North Pole, send it on to them and they can be listening to it. That's it for myself. Um, I'm trying to think what we have on next week. Next week we have... Um, I think we have, we have actually, we have Trevor Mitchell. That's the plan for next week. We have Trevor Mitchell. Trevor Mitchell is going to come on and talk to us about the history of cars. Not the history of cars. He's going to talk to us about what makes a vintage car. What makes a vintage car. What makes a classic car. And he's going to talk to us about car insurance or whatever. And um, yeah, let's go from that. Tune in next Saturday morning. Bright and early, about little after 8 o'clock. And... Um, We'll go from there and we will get talking to Trevor. Uh, stay safe out there, folks. Stay at home. I think we're still within our, our five kilometer uh, rule. So, guys, uh, just keep washing your hands. Um, stay safe. Stay two meters apart. Do what we have to do. And I'll talk to you all again next week. Be good, guys, and slong. Slong for. You have been listening to Country Life, Morgan O'Flaherty on West Limerick 102 FM.